Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. I want to welcome all of our guests today. We are so glad to have you if you're a guest with us this morning. Thank you for being in service with us, and especially on a holiday weekend. There's lots of stuff going on. We're so glad to have you. If you're watching us online this morning, wherever you may be, we welcome you as a part of this service as well. Pray that it's a blessing to you wherever you may be. In Jesus' name, amen. Matthew chapter 16, what a wonderful presence of the Lord in this place. And believe with all of my heart, God is not done with touching some lives, changing some lives in this place today. Matthew 16 and verse number 13. The Bible says, When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, He asked the disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I am? Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say you are John the Baptist, some Elias, others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. I preach to you this morning for a few minutes on this subject. Is that your final answer? Is that your final answer? Jesus, I thank you for your presence that is in this place this morning. God, I thank you that we have not come today just to go through the motions of religion and have a religious experience, but we have come to encounter you. I thank you for being here today. I thank you for what you've already done in this place. I believe, God, you have already touched some hearts and lives today. And now I pray that through your word, you would minister in this service to somebody, that they would hear what they need to hear from you, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, I trust you for your anointing this morning, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I am assuming that at least for a good portion of you, my title is something you are somewhat familiar with because it's not too uncommon to hear that statement made on some of the game shows that take place. Is that your final answer? Meaning, are you certain about that? I I, I like watching, uh, what, what's, I think it's Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, I think was one of the ones where that was pretty common on. Is that your final answer? And, and, and it sometimes the way they do it, it makes you, uh, are, are you trying to give me a hint that my answer's not quite right and you're, you're, you're wanting me suggesting that I change my answer? Sometimes the answer is correct and other times it's incorrect. But is that your final answer? And so Jesus coming in to Caesarea Philippi with his disciples. This was, this was not just a crowd of strangers. This was not just a multitude that had simply gathered out of curiosity. But these are the ones that are the followers, the most close followers of Jesus. And he says to them, who do men say that I am? I, I, I think the purpose of him asking them this question was, I want to hear you say what others are saying. 
I, I want to hear you out of your mouths state what the rumors are about me. What the opinions are about me and perhaps even what the, what the critics say about me. And they respond. Perhaps it seems as though they responded quite quickly. Well, some say you're, you're John the Baptist and some say you're Elias or Jeremiah. Some say you're one of the prophets and I'm sure they could have gone on and on and probably said some other things that some say about you that weren't too nice. The point is they knew what opinion was, perhaps what even popular opinion was. They knew what the majority were saying about him. We are living in a, we're living in a, I, I don't, I, I, you may disagree. I'd be surprised if anybody really disagrees with me, but you may. But we are, I think, we are living in a crazy world. <laughs> it, in, in so many different levels, in so many different ways, it's a crazy world. I, I sometimes, I've thought in the past, uh, I, I have uh, my last living grandparent attends this church, if you don't know that, my, my grandmother, who I affectionately refer to as Meemaw, and uh, she's, she's well past 50 and better. And I, I think a lot of times I've thought about, just because she's my, my oldest living relative, she's the one that's the... That, that I relate to the most, the changes, just, just, the technolo- just take technology alone. The changes that she has seen in her lifetime. I mean, from the, from the beginning of the phone all the way to this. There's so many inventions that in her lifetime that it's just, it's mind-boggling to me the extreme that she has personally witnessed. I mean, I think about it even in my own lifetime. I mean, I, 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 was, I was around for the invention of the cell phone. I, was, I remember the, the first one I got was that cool, gray, cool-looking gray flip phone. Man, that thing was... I had it for a couple years, and I don't think I ever made one call on it. It was so expensive that you only used it for emergency. That was all it was for. Now here we are today to the point that many of us here this morning don't even use a landline anymore. Parents can explain that to your kids later, what a landline is. But the, the real scary thing is that that's now, that's now the least of it that we're seeing. My daughter in her psychology class at community college this past semester was taught that there is no such thing as gender. There's no such thing as... I. There's some things I'm not surprised that are being questioned and changed, but there's some things that really puzzle me. We are in a world that is redefining Basically everything. (laughs) 
Things that we thought would never need any kind of redefining or being redefined. I'm really not going to be surprised if at some point we're not introduced to the concept that 2 plus 2 does not equal 4. In fact, I think I might go ahead and just start promoting it and be the originator of some new idea theory. I mean, who got the right to decide that when we referred to two things, it was two? What gave them that right? Why well, we call it what we want to call it? Two plus two can be whatever you want it to be. No, no way, brother, right? Why is it we we no way with that, but there's other things that two plus two used to equal four, but we're okay that it doesn't equal that anymore. And so let, let me just in the context of this message and us here today, let me just bring it home to us. We are in a world that is also trying to redefine God, redefine who God is, redefine who Jesus is, and even redefine what this is. Minimize the importance and the significance of the Bible, the Word of God. And, and unfortunately, it now it's not just the heathen, the sinner that's doing that. It's even now amongst Christians and Christian leaders that are saying, we, we don't really need to put as much weight in this as we used to. It, it It's not, I, I just, I heard this a couple of years ago and I just happened to reread it again yesterday. A, a, a very influential individual has been an influential individual, individual in the Christian community says that Genesis and the account of Adam and Eve is just a poem. It's not literal. It's not intended to be believed as literal. I don't know what you think about me today for what I'm about to say, and I guess I, to be honest, really don't care. But I don't believe that Genesis 1 and the account of creation and Adam and Eve was poetry. I believe it's fact. I believe it's reality. I, I don't believe that Jonah swallowed by a great whale, or excuse me, great fish, as the Bible says, was made up. I believe it really happened. I, I believe there was a Daniel in a lion's den that spent the night with, with lions that didn't bother him. I believe there were real, there really were three guys named Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that spent some time in a fiery furnace and came out of it and not not only were they not burned, they didn't even smell like smoke. I believe there was an ark and there was a man named Noah that had three sons that built an ark and spent a bunch of days on that ark and the earth was destroyed. I don't believe it's fiction. I believe it's fact. I believe there really was. I'm getting to the, I'm getting to my punchline. I'll just have to, I'll just have to come back and hold on for a moment, but I just feel it right now. I believe there really was a man named Jesus Christ that was born of a virgin that had a supernatural conception that walked this earth, that lived and died and rose again and then ascended up into heaven. And that's the same Jesus that I feel in this place today. I know the world says, and maybe even somebody here this morning says, Preacher, you're crazy. If I am, just leave me alone. 
Because if I'm if this is crazy and I'm crazy, it's sure enjoyable. In fact, it's a lot better than all those that claim to be normal. And the misery of their life and the trouble of their... I'll take my crazy over their norm any day. So he says, who do men say? I, I want to know if it was 2016, he would probably have said, What's, what are they writing about me on the internet? What's, what's, uh, what's the news networks saying about me? Who do men say that I am? He wanted them to verbalize what they knew people were saying. I want you to state what you are aware of because I've got one more question. My first question is, to get you to acknowledge and confess what everyone is saying. Because I want you to say that because then I want to establish what's really important. What they're saying is really not what's important. What the world is saying about Christianity and God and the Bible really is not all that important. What's really important was the next question he then asked them. But whom say you that I am? Now that I know you know what they're saying. Now that I know you know everything they're saying. What I want to hear is, how has that influenced what you say? You've listened to it. You've heard it talked about. You've heard the accusations or compliments, whatever they may have intended to be. But now what I really want to know, the heart of the matter is, what do you say? And Simon Peter answered and said, let me just tell you what, let me tell you what he didn't say. He did not answer and say, well, I think. Well, I'm pretty sure. Well, I've been pondering that you know. He said, Thou art the, the. They say Elias, they say Jeremiah, John the Baptist, one of the prophets, but thou art the Christ. The Son of the living God. What they say is not the final answer. What they say is not what it determines what I say. Because just like Peter, I and some of you can say this morning, no matter what they say, I know that you are the Christ. You are the Son of the living God. As I've already said this morning, I believe that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. I am not the most educated person in the world. I've got a degree, but it's in business. I don't even have a degree in theology. 
I'm not a doctor of divinity. There are many that are much more educated than I am. But Paul says there are those who would be ever learning. Ever learning. But never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Just because you know a lot doesn't mean you know the truth. Just because you have a wealth of knowledge doesn't mean you've come to know the truth. Because Jesus said it like this, I am the, not a, the way, the truth. So if you know everything there is to know, but you don't know that He's the way and the truth, then you, you may be ever learning, but you haven't yet arrived at the knowledge of the truth. They said, we, or Peter says, you are. What he was saying to me was, I've heard everything they've said. I've listened to their critique of who you are, and I've listened to them question and doubt, but, but there's a problem. Problem is, I have experienced. You see, once you experience, doesn't really matter what the doubters say. Doesn't really matter what the haters say. Once you have experience, you can't take my experience. If all I have is knowledge, you can get me to question my knowledge. But when I have experienced, the Bible said it like this. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. I'll just, I'll just, give, I'll just use my simple example that... My easy plug. Uh, some of you folks from the South, I understand you, and I acknowledge. I love Maryland. I said it a couple weeks ago. This is home. I love it more. But I am thankful for my Southern roots because the one thing about Maryland that lacks is good home cooking. Can't quite do it like the Southerners can. So I know some of you come from other places that have better, and I will, I will grant it it's better. But for us, for here, if you like barbecue, restaurant barbecue, don't have the benefit of doing it yourself at home, but restaurant barbecue, that, you just can't beat Mission Barbecue. I'm just telling you, you can't beat Mission Barbecue. My family is very despondent about, over that. Because anytime there's a decision to go eat, there's a simple suggestion on my part. One simple answer to that. <laughs> well, we went there yesterday, so go there again tomorrow. If it's good enough to eat the first time, it's good enough to eat the next. We start every now and then, you know, we situation we need to go out to eat. Well, we just had that last week. Last week. Last week is seven days ago. We can't go here because you went there last week. If it was good enough last week, it's good enough as to be an option today. I'm not a, I'm not a, I eat turkey 
I used to, let me rephrase, I used to eat turkey just at Thanksgiving simply because I am, I'm a traditional kind of guy. I like traditions. Family traditions, not religious. I don't know if the bishop's watching. I'm not talking about religion. I'm talking about family. Let's clarify. So I usually eat a little bit of turkey, but I've never... Months ago, I was sitting there eating one day, and they came around with a little sample of smoked turkey. And I thought, I guess I'll give it a try. But I tasted And I have now seen that smoked turkey is really good. Words are not good enough to convince you. There's a lot of things I love to eat that I could tell, I could try to tell you about them, but words. It's not until you taste. It's not until you taste. There's a restaurant we ate at at Gather. I had eaten there a couple months ago with my youngest son. And it's, what is it? it's called Pazuki, I think is what they call it. It is a freshly baked, warm cookie. Not just one cookie option. There's like six or seven cookie options. Anything from chocolate chip to salted caramel to peanut butter. And actually what you can do, if you can't get settled down on one choice, they got a triple option. You can get three of them. So you can variety. By the time they get it to your table, that ice cream is already flowing. From the warm cookie. I know some of you are deprived of a desire for sweets, and I am very sorry for you because you are missing some of the most wonderful parts of life. So for those that identify with the finer things of life, you just don't know until you've tasted. The sad thing is you can sit in a restaurant and watch somebody eat something delicious and leave empty because you didn't try. All I, as the pastor this morning, can try to do is set you at the table and provide something for you to partake of. But if you as an individual do not choose to reach out and receive, there's a lot of us will leave today going, boy, that sure was good. Some that will leave and say, I don't know what was good because you didn't taste. But I can tell you this morning, if you would just give it a try and just taste and see that the Lord is good. Matthew 16 and 5, or excuse me, John 1 49, Nathaniel as Jesus is calling him to become a disciple. Nathaniel answered and saith unto him, Rabbi, thou art the Son of God. Thou art the King of Israel. 
John eleven twenty seven. Martha, the brother of Lazarus, she said unto him, Yea, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. The Ethiopian eunuch that Philip was ministering to said, Philip says, If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Saul, before he became Paul, says in Acts 9.20, and straightway he preached Christ in the synagogues that he is the Son of God. And I don't care what anybody says and who says it, but in 2016 I stand here today and confidently declare to you that just as he was then, he still is now. He is the Son of God. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's just as real and relevant today as it was the day He said it. I'm pretty sure you know if this is your first time to ever be in an apostolic church, You may have heard what they say. If you hadn't heard what they say, you're going to leave here with some things you say. If it's your first time and you've never been in an apostolic church before, there's a good chance you'll leave. And don't worry, it won't offend us. You'll say what thousands have said before you. Those people are crazy. Of course, the weird thing to me is we haven't done anything here today that you're not used to seeing. You're just only used to seeing it at a ball game or a concert. Or See, all we're doing today is just going back to the original purpose of all of that. Before there was any ever ever any concert, before there was ever any bar with a dance floor, the Bible said, praise the name of the Lord in the dance. Before there was ever a, a, a ball game with a big screen that said, make noise, the Bible said, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Clap your hands, all ye people, and shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Here, I, I, I've been, I've been blessed. I'm, I'm closing. I've been blessed to be born and raised. Your guest today, my parents originally founded this church, came to Maryland in 1970 to start this church. Now I am following their footsteps, participating in the ministry God used them to establish. This is what I've known from the beginning. I haven't had the experience that many have had here who have walked into an apostolic church for their first time, not only did they leave saying they're crazy, but they also usually add the next statement, and that is, I well, there's usually two statements. I will never be back. If I come back, I'll never do what they do. <laughs> Basically, whatever you've seen anybody do here this morning, that's pretty much what they said. They... Because the problem was they tasted one time. 
I, I, I've been fortunate. I've never been hooked on alcohol, drugs. I've never had addiction to any of those things. But I got to tell you, it's not hard to get addicted to Jesus. Because <laughs> the good thing about getting addicted to Him, when you get addicted to Him, it doesn't mess your body up. It doesn't cause all kind of issues in your body. It doesn't tear your life. When you get addicted to Jesus, it gets better and better and better and better. Excuse the poor grammar, but it gets more gooder and more gooder and more gooder. Can I ask you this morning, what's your final answer? It would be sad for you to leave today. It would be sad for you to leave today. Walk out of here and think, well, that was an interesting experience. Just a trish complete. Well, that was... I see some, I see some younger folks here today that I don't think I've ever seen you before. I tell you this morning, the problem with religion is many people think religion is just for the old. I got news for you this morning. Excuse my grammar again, but religion ain't for anybody. Religion is dead, dull, boring. But a relationship with God. Let me just tell let me just tell you a little bit about him. He's the friend that sticketh closer than a brother. He said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. The psalmist described him like this. He's the shepherd. I know in 2016, for those of us that are all city folks, the bottom line, what does any human being want a shepherd for, period? But you got to understand, the one that said, the Lord is my shepherd, was a shepherd. And so he understood what it meant to be a shepherd. And he knew what he did for his sheep to the point that he was even willing to lay down his life for sheep. So he says, the Lord is my shepherd. What he was saying was, the Lord is my protector. The Lord is my provider. The Lord is going to be with me wherever I am, wherever I go. I believe with all of my heart, church and coming to church is important. But this isn't the only time I connect with God. I can ride down the road in my car and just have a casual conversation and He is right there. I can be sitting in a restaurant, I can be walking through the mall and have a connection with Him. The reason is because others may say what He is. But I've come to know who He is. Watch if you would, if you're willing to, just sitting where you are for a moment, if you just close your eyes. 
I believe with all of my heart there's some people in this room right now and some of your guests, others of you, you're not even really a guest. You're not a guest, but that the Lord desires today, this morning, in fact, right now, for you to experience Him in a whole new way. Some of you have never really experienced the presence of the Lord before. You've never really known what it is for God to touch your life and meet your needs. And right now, right now in this sanctuary, that can happen. Some of you are sensing something. You're just not really sure what it is. It's You've never experienced it before. And That is the presence of the Lord who is interested in a personal encounter with you. Preacher, I don't know what to say. I don't know how to pray. Prayer is nothing more than just a conversation with God. You don't need a book. You don't need special vocabulary. All you need to do is just communicate with Him like you'd communicate with anybody else. I ask you, if you would, again, just continue where you are. If you're not comfortable doing it out loud, you just want to do it in your mind right now, that's fine. But those of you that need to, those of you that would, would you just right now ask the Lord, would you just tell Him, God, I want to experience You. I want to experience You in a way like I've never experienced You before. I want to encounter you, God. I I want to be able to be like your disciples were, that even though they knew what everyone was saying about you, I want to know you. Even though they knew the opinions of others and the, the rumors that were going around about you, I want to be able to boldly state that I know who you are. In the name of Jesus. Father, I ask right now that Your presence that has been in this place all service would become personal right now, God. That it would become personal to the lives of individuals that are in this place right now, God. We may be here feeling like we are just in a big group of people, but God, You see each and every one of us as individuals, and I'm asking You right now, that your spirit would touch us. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Church, can I encourage you right now to be sensitive to the presence of the Lord. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Father, right now, as only you can do and as you desire to do, let somebody be able to leave this place today that their final answer is not what others are saying. But their final answer, God, is what you say. Their final answer is based on an experience, an encounter with you. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. If you would, just stand right where you are. We're almost done, but if I could just ask you to stand. Maybe there's somebody next to you you could just reach over and join together and pray with for a moment. 
You don't have to know what their need is. You don't have to know the exact circumstances of their life. But we ask you right now, Father, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. No matter what anybody else says about you, Lord. No matter what anybody else says who you are. We've come to know you for ourselves. Experience, encounter you for ourselves. In the name of Jesus. Father, be real in this place right now. Father, be real in this place right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Let somebody taste today and see that you are good. Let somebody experience today, Lord, that you, you are good. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I give you Jesus. He's the water that you'll drink and never thirst again. Oh, yes. I give you Jesus. Oh, I give you Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I give you Jesus. The peace that passes all understanding. Oh. I give you Jesus. I give you Jesus. He's the perfect love that casteth out all fear. Oh, I give you Jesus. He's the water that you drink and never thirst again. Oh, I give you Jesus. I give you Jesus. My friend, I give you Jesus. Hallelujah. I give you Jesus. He's the peace that passes all understanding. Oh, I give you Jesus. I give you Jesus. He's the perfect love. Casteth out all fear. Oh, I give you Jesus. I give you Jesus. He's the water that you drink. Never thirst again. Oh, I give you Jesus. Oh, I give you Jesus. If you need to go, if you want to go, you're welcome to do so.